0: New York. I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a Vine Pair Next Round Conversation. As you guys know, we're bringing these conversations between the regular podcast episodes in order to give everyone a better picture of what's going on in the alcohol beverage industry. Today, I'm really lucky to be talking with Kristen Olszewski, the chief beverage officer and founder of Nomadica Wine. Kristen, what's going on?
1: Hi, Adam. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope I didn't butcher your last name.
1: (laughs) That was actually perfect pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you. So you are based <laughs> in LA, right? I am. And a former sommelier. Yes. Uh, who now has a canned wine business.
1: You know, from from Barolo to to canned wine. I love it.
0: So I, can you tell me a little bit, first tell me about Nomadica and then we'll get into your career and, and sort of how you came to start it in the first place. But yeah, give me like the what is Nomadica wine pitch.
1: So Nomadica is sommelier curated canned wine. Of course, I am the sommelier curating the wine. (laughs) And then anyone who takes a look at our cans always remarks on how beautiful they are. We work with artists so that the art on the can works as the first tasting note for the wine inside.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got to tell you, this is like literally I'm not kissing your ass here. Um, I just mean this. So I saw your cans a few years ago and uh, they were brought into my office and I was like, "Wow, this is the first canned wine brand." To me, I thought that was like understanding what craft beer had gotten right. Mm. If that makes sense, I was like, "There, you know, craft beer's branding has been so good, especially on the can, and that's what consumers love." And I saw a lot of canned wine brands coming out prior to to me seeing you that looked a lot like this could have been like designed by anheuser-busch right it was very <laughs> like it, I mean, it, was, it was like bud light right but it was like it was like it was a rose and it, it like, <laughs> totally. you know what i mean and, it, and so i was like wow like how is this the brand because at the time i didn't know you right um i was like and we're just meeting for the first time to be fair to everyone listening um i'm just excited about it i wasn't like how has it taken anyone else this long and wine to figure this shit out just like it, it, I it's know. Like, in a can doesn't mean it shouldn't be beautifully designed and something that you want to pull out and people ask you in the park, what are you drinking? Like that's been what craft beer has gotten right for so many years now, you know, whether it's LA breweries that I am as like less familiar with than like the New York City ones, you know, the other halves and the KCBCs. And if you listen to the podcast, you hear me talk about these beer- breweries a lot whose labels just look dope. I I was kind of blown away that you were the first one I saw to do that. So I'm curious what caused you. This is a, a very roundabout way of me asking you why you created a <laughs> canned wine brand and sort of what your uh, what your decision to create a wine brand was in the first place. Cause you know, prior to this you were at you were at Moza Restaurant Group, you were a working SOM. So um, why a canned wine brand?
1: Uh, Well, it it was a crazy journey. So I got introduced to my co-founder through a mutual friend. Um, He actually comes from the, the New York restaurant scene and he was like, hey, I met this girl. She wants to start a wine company. You should speak with her. As you know, I've spent my entire career working in Michelin and wine focused restaurants and am literally obsessed with wine. So I go meet her after working the floor at Moza. You know, I show up in my lady suit at my favorite natural wine bar in Los Angeles. Shout out to Tabula Rasa. And Emma tells me that she's been pouring nice wine into Pellegrino cans to take by the pool or on, you know, really long Uber rides in Los Angeles. Wow. Okay. And at first I was like, ugh, canned wine. You know, I I, will be honest. I'd only had bad experiences with canned wine. It's not something I thought of myself as ever drinking or ever having any interest in, but – Emma is famously stubborn and stalked my Instagram. Found a winemaker she knew I really liked on the Central Coast, Josh Clapper from La Fenetra Timber. He worked at Avant Clement for a while. She canned a small batch of his Pinot Noir and brought it back to me to taste. And I let it sit in my cabinet for like two months, I'll be honest. Opened it up one night when I didn't feel like opening up a bottle. And I had this realization that, you know, canned wine wasn't bad. People were just putting bad wine in cans. And. Of course, I think the market has changed now. Uh, there are some amazing players in the canned wine space that I just I could not be more excited about sharing the space with some really great winemakers. But Nomadica was born, and so we decided to use artists as our labels because I'm sure anyone who works the floor will understand this. You you spend all night talking to people, and probably. 10 to 15% of the people you speak with actually have language to describe what they like in wine, right? They understand what body means, what tannin is, or like how to talk about acid levels, what, you know, volatile acidity is, et cetera. But most people, you have to use unconventional formats to describe flavor profiles and tastes. Like I remember... One time describing uh, Poggio de Soto, Brunello de Montalcino to a guest as God walking down your throat in velvet slippers. And he's like, Yeah, I want that. I want that wine. So we <laughs> thought it would be really fun to yeah. be really playful with that and play on the idea of synesthesia here. So That's that, awesome. yeah. And and I think we we do a great job. And we've actually just hired a creative director the last couple months who is immensely talented and I, I can't wait to reveal our new lineup of can art coming out next year.
0: That's super cool. So what, so I guess when, when you had, you know, Emma brought you this idea, you were like, okay, let me figure this out. I'll think about it. Um, how long did it take you from, you know, thinking about it to saying, okay, screw it. I'm going to like, I'm quitting my job. I'm doing this full time. Like, what was the process? (laughs) What, what What did you go through to do this?
1: Well, I worked two jobs, For a very long time. Um, I'm sure anyone who started their own business knows the hustle is real. So I would spend all day working on Nomadica and then I'd spend all night at Osteri Mozza slinging Barolo and Brunello and all all the fun Italian wines. Yes. And um, we were able to raise a little bit of money last year and I was able to – go full-time and I can't even Amazing. tell you how exciting it was and still is to work for myself it's it's crazy
0: awesome yeah it's so it's, it's totally crazy right it's like it's this thing that you just finally take the leap and you do it and it's nuts um so you have this canned wine brand you finally got it on your own um what what was what is your sort of goal for this brand or or what do you think obviously you have said that it's about putting good wine in cans but like what does that actually mean to you and like could you put Barolo in a can like you, just, you know what I'm saying like I've, I've heard certain people be like oh it's oh, there's only certain kinds of wine that you would put in cans like so so what does it mean for you in terms of the wine you you put into a can
1: well we source wine specifically for the can and I do think this is where you know my decade plus in wine really does come in handy we don't just put any juice in a can I will probably never put burro in a can. I do think it needs to age in a bottle, but certain varietals like our current red is a Sangiovese blend with a little bit of old vines and vanilla and Grenache. It's, it's poppy, it's bright. It doesn't have tannin, and it's high acid. It's crushable. So So that's kind of where we're heading here. And then we have a core lineup of wines, uh, two sparklings, a white and a rosé, a still rosé and a red. We're adding a still white to that lineup next year. And then we're also doing some really fun limited editions that we're just going to drop online, small boutique things. Uh, We're doing a collab with Stoltman Vineyards. We're doing a carbonic Vianney Syrah with them. And then Mike from Root Down and Coal Ranch and SOK Wines made a amazing piquette with some 70 year old Riesling from his single. Oh, you're
0: oh, you're going on the piquette. You're going on the piquette too. I
1: mean, we have to, so good. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I get it though. I get it. So, okay. So, so basically you, the whole idea is it's wines that are, that, you know, are, are drinkable now, right? We're not aging anything in this. Do you, are you the person that's like drinking from the can or do you expect the consumer to pour into the glass?
1: So I, I, Always say wine tastes better from a glass, um, and you'll, no one will ever get me to change my mind on that. There are some circumstances where, you know, you're on a hike, you're at the beach, you're sneaking a can into your purse to have in, in, in an In-N-Out burger. I don't, you know, know for a fact. I've never done this myself, of course. But right, yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> never. I would never. But sometimes you just drink out of the can for convenience. Another thing I really like about the cans, and I think one of the special things about what we do. At Nomadica is, you know, we have nothing to hide. I encourage everyone to drink out of the drink out of, out of a glass, and because of that, we've noticed we've we've done a lot of surveys with our customers, and you know, they're wine drinkers. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're a little older. Uh, they're in their thirties typically, and they're choosing us because they don't want to open an entire bottle.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, because because here's what I'm curious about. We. I was going to ask you this question. You sort of answered it to me. Is that who who does drink it into a glass, dump into a glass? Because you know we started, and in in all fairness, you you we've never had your wine submitted for the the tasting. But we do, we started two years ago. Um, you know a, a big open call for can because there's so many now, right? Can wine submitting mm-hmm. for us, and actually, like our tastings director, basically, you know, the first year was like we have to stop pouring the wines into a glass.
1: Interesting.
0: And so so we don't. So, I might, if anyone else who, who listens to us who submitted to us before, you're now learning. Like, we, th- it's the only tasting where we do not pour the wines into the glass because when we surveyed our staff and then readership, most said they drank it from the can. And so we were like, well, because a lot of times when we were pouring the glass, especially with some of these canned wines, right, you get that weird, like, kind of sulfur smell mm-hmm. initially, right? And so we we're like, well, no one's actually going to get that because they're drinking it from the can right there they're consuming it in the way they would consume a seltzer or the way they would consume I mean white claw too by the way not like <laughs> like a like you know a new york seltzer but yeah the way they would consume a, a seltzer or a you know a beer like that's that format we've been conditioned we drink from it we don't pour into a glass so i that's why i was curious to ask you just because i wonder then if you think about the what kind of wine also goes into the can knowing that it's not going to be examined I guess or it won't aerate in the same way.
1: Mm, yes, absolutely. So when I'm selecting wines, we I always have several cans and I taste it out of the can and because, you know, I, I don't want to control how anyone drinks it. I want it right. to be amazing in every single scenario. Uh,
0: it's funny, you actually there's a there's a restaurant near me in Brooklyn that sells you. But how how have you expanded? Like what's what has that been like? So you obviously you quit your job, you've raised a little bit of money, you're now out in the world. What has your growth trajectory looked like, or what are your plans for growth? Like how is how is that working?
1: So we've we've actually been really lucky to in a in a pretty awful year, let's be honest. Um, you know, really hang on. And over half of our business was in on premise, which people are always surprised by. I mean, I myself was surprised by that. I think when we first started Nomadica, I was like, Oh, this is just gonna be retail. This is just gonna be retail. But We've seen a massive uptick from luxury hotels and grab and go programs. I'm sure that restaurant in Brooklyn uh, is one of those. And it's like a little it's like a little falafel shop. Oh, Holy Pita. Amazing. I love that place. Yeah. Oh yeah. My God. It's okay. so well, great. You know,
0: <laughs> That's so funny that you know that one like, it
1: is. Oh, of course I do. Of course I do. I am a, awesome. a very hands-on with our our national sales. I'll say i love it.
0: Okay, cool.
1: And I think because of you know the the wine world and the beverage world is really small, and I have to just really you know shout out our partners at the beginning of yeah, this. Totally. We went to people and we're like, okay, this sucks for everyone. Um, you know, I myself have worked in restaurants basically my entire life, and. You know, I'm worried about the future of restaurants. I think we all are, and so we went to a lot of our partners and just asked how we can help them, how we can be there for them. Um, so we've done a bunch of, you know, Zoom tastings, virtual staff trainings. Uh, we've done a lot of charitable partnerships, and I think our our relationship with our partners is better than ever. And th- thankfully, the industry is so small. Like we've we've also felt that love back. Towards us in a lot of ways
0: right so are you is part of the plan for this to be a, a DTC brand so obviously like on the site right you can you can order um you have different so you have the wine shop like is that was that sort of part of the business plan to begin with where you know you would be able to send people the wines they love on sort of a subscription basis or things like that or is that sort of since COVID
1: well, that's definitely a repivot since COVID. We had always planned on launching some e-com business as, you know, wholesale. We love our wholesale partners. Uh, wholesale will always be, we're never going to take our foot off the gas of that. right? But, you know, e-commerce allows us to do these limited edition collaborations. It allows us the opportunity to talk to our customers, which I love. I miss the floor so much. I can't even tell you. I just love talking to people about wine. It's yeah, it's a sick obsession. Um, I'm sure you understand, and so we actually just expanded. We're going to be able to ship to 48 states in January. We're Amazing. launching a subscription service called Club Nomadica. You can either order monthly or subscribe quarterly, and we're doing some really fun, exciting things next year.
0: So, well, can, can you tell us any of this? For this okay, it?
1: so I'm so excited about this. We're doing a we're offering this up to all of our Club Nomadica customers. They get twenty four seven access to me for all of their wine questions. Uh, it's called Text a Som, <laughs> and oh. I'm a Som. So we've been beta testing it, and this came about because you know I get probably at least ten texts a week from friends or family. You know, either it's a photo of a wine list, like what's the cheapest best wine I can drink, or you know I'm at the grocery store, what do I get? And so we were like, wouldn't this be great if we offer this up to our, to our customers and our early adopters and we've been beta pe- testing it. People love it.
0: Yeah. I will say just full disclosure, no relation to the Vine Pair Texas psalm program. Totally different. Totally different. Um, different thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that's super cool. I mean, we like, I, I mean, obviously I'm joking, but we did do, we did Texas on this summer to give uh, working songs like a shift basically. And we saw how many people texted in who have just random questions for, for, you know, professionally trained, you know, for wine professionals and they really want to know stuff. So obviously we're never going to make this full time. I think it's super cool that you're doing it like this. I think you're also insane to be available 24 <laughs> seven. Um, but I mean, you are, it, it is still a young company. So exactly. I feel like that's, when you have the energy, be like, yeah, shit, I'll do it at 3am. I don't care. So right? I, I dig that. I dig that. So I have to ask you a question that is not about the wine, then we'll get back to the wine, but we're going to be go all over the place here. I did check out your LinkedIn and you did go to, looks like thought about going to medical school.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. So,
0: so where did that change for you? Like, obviously you, I mean, you went back, you know, you had done undergrad and then you went back to do that post back to go to medical school. So where did wine get you know, where did you fall in love with wine in that journey and say, you know what? Screw being a surgeon. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna ultimately own a canned wine brand.
1: So I, you know, majored in sustainable agriculture, moved to San Francisco, cooked for a little bit, worked at some really amazing restaurants, uh, front of house, met Carlin Carr, who's now the wine director for the Frosca Group. She was so generous with pores, I cannot even tell you. And I kind of started to get the bug for wine there, but for a slew of reasons, decided that, no, I should be a doctor, right? I should, I should go prove to people that I'm really smart. And so I went and did my pre-med post back at Harvard. Um, I'm fr- originally from Massachusetts. So it was just moving back home for me, essentially. And throughout this time, I was spending my summers working on Nantucket, at Straight Wharf Restaurant, which actually has an incredible Bordeaux and Burgundy cellar. The restaurant's been around since the 70s. Julia Childs was actually the opening chef there. Uh, oh, wow. I know. So, so cool. And my last year – and and here's when I really started to get exposed to great wine. And, you know, there's very generous guests. I had the opportunity to taste things that I could never in a million years afford to buy. And then I – my last year of school – I'm you know, taking my MCAT, applying for med school. I get in and you know that's that. I'm going to med school. I'm going to be a doctor. And I meet this woman, Felicia Foster, who is running this small wine bar in Somerville, which is right outside of Boston, called Spoke Wine Bar. And she just mentored me, invited me to taste with her. You know, when you first start out in wine and you're you're tasting things and you just don't have the confidence to to name flavors, to talk about the wine. She just encouraged me, uh, told me that I was good at it, exposed me to, to Piedmont and Austria and Germany and all these wines that I just had no idea about. And she just really yeah. encouraged me to, to leave school because I was pretty miserable, I'll be honest. Um, and I love wine and I just, I took the leap and never looked back.
0: That's, that's awesome. So back to the wine. <laughs> So obviously, you know the, the company is only a few years old. What are your goals for Nomadica? You know, would you like to ultimately grow it to a level where it is bought by a larger wine company? Um, would you like to own it forever? Uh, would you like to ultimately use the label to expand into bottles or other things? I'm, I'm curious, what is your vision for the brand as of right now? You know, as we're closing out 2020, moving into 2021.
1: You know, I really do want Nomadica to be everywhere. Um, I think we've all had the experience in our life, whether it's like we go to a sports game or a movie theater and you drink beer because there's not a wine that you would drink. Right. And I really do think Nomadica solves that problem. And to be quite honest, we're just so focused on unbuilding on this thing and making it as great as it possibly can be that, you know, if if we potentially get bought out, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We're just trying to make our product as as great as can be and do some really fun things while we're, while we're at it.
0: So you bring up a really great question and probably something that some people listen to some of the vibe here podcasts always have. How do you get into those kind of places? Right. So how do you, how do you get into the sports arenas or to the the movie theaters or to the, the holy pitas of the world? And what I mean by that is, you know, I think that your value proposition is really great. I love, obviously, the cans. I think the juice inside the can is absolutely stellar, and I get the like the the marketing positioning of like sommelier, sommelier curating. I, I can't say sommelier today. <laughs> sommelier curated wines, right? But the places that I think nomadic, where you find the initial cu- customers, is where you're talking about, right? The place mm-hmm. where I'm like, I wish there was a good glass of wine. I don't have it, and for the most part, at those places. The person doing the buying may not know the difference between, you know, Nomadica, or be able to appreciate the difference between Nomadica and that canned wine brand from Oregon, right? Right, or that canned wine brand from not to pick on them, so that canned wine brand from, up you know, Northern California, or 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 you know, some something else from even New York State, right? Right. How do you explain to them that this is the canned wine brand they should have? for all of the reasons that i understand they should have it the quality you know the better design all that stuff is it just that they see the package and they get it like what what is your strategy there
1: the the packaging definitely is is the door opener but our strategy is really just i can't even tell you how how great i've gotten at rejection the last few years i remember you know starting this journey and thinking i'm great at sales i i sell wine on the floor every night you know i I can sell so much wine. And I really didn't realize how you just have to constantly, constantly take it on the chin and keep going. And that's that's basically my strategy. So I never really take no for an answer because I do think that there's always an opportunity to revisit and that our, our sales have definitely shown that to be true. And maybe it's not always a no, maybe it's a not now. And you just relentlessly follow up. You You leverage your network. I, I stalk buyers. You know, I've, I've realized how creepy I am. And we've also been really lucky. I recently brought on Tara Hannaford as my COO. And she was the VP of sales from Casa Amigos. And just what a difference she's made um, right. in the company, yes. And she's, she has taught me so much about how to leverage and manage our distribution network, uh, which was yep. not formerly a skill of mine. Coming from the fine dining wine world, and how to talk to retailers, how to how to use everything from you know your friend that you knew in seventh grade who maybe has a cousin that owns a wine shop, you know, <laughs> like how to really right. connect with people. And so I it's I think it's been working pretty well.
0: That's awesome. Um, so I mean, I feel like at this point I have a really good picture of of the business. Do you plan to? to raise more money? Like what are, what are sort of your, your goals? Besides obviously the cool programs you have coming text to some, et cetera, like what are your, your goals when you think about where you'd like to be at the end of 2021?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll raise some more money. We've got some exciting innovation on the way that I, you, you will be one of the first people to know about it. I promise. Uh, I'm so excited about that for 2021 and just, just a lot of really innovative programming and, you know, Things things taste take money, unfortunately. But oh, they totally do. <laughs> and I want to well, be everywhere in the US. That's Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Kristen, this was really awesome to talk to you and, and get to know the business and uh, sort of where you where you're headed. Like I said, I I really think that the product is awesome. When I came in contact to it two years ago, I thought it was great. And then I sort of to be fair, you know, the, I see so much stuff that I sort of it passed my my mind. Then when I got emailed about it again. A few weeks ago, I was like, "Oh man, yes, I absolutely want to have this conversation because I think, like, you really seem to get it in a way mm. that I think a lot of other people who are trying to do the canned wine thing just are missing. Right? It's like, it, like this isn't. I'm not telling you to make, like I said earlier, the next Bud Light. Like I'm telling you to make the thing that I also would love to to have out on my table or to be, you know, to be seen within the park. Like that's what I want, and I feel like you're delivering that, and it's just awesome.
1: Oh, thank you, Adam. That's so nice
0: so yeah so anyways all the best of 2021 and and with nomadica i'll get i'll definitely keep watching and i definitely will drink it when i go to holy pita (laughs) shout out to holy pita shout out to holy pita talk to you soon talk to you soon bye adam thanks so much for listening to the vine pair podcast if you enjoy listening to us every week please leave us a review or rating on itunes spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts it really helps everyone else discover the show now for the credits VinePair is produced by myself and Zach Jabal. It is also mixed and edited by him. Yeah, Zach, we know you do a lot. I'd also like to thank the entire VinePair team, including my co-founder, Josh, and our associate editor, Kat Winske. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.